Welcome to another episode and a very special episode of the Weekly Regular. I am uh, once again joined by... Oh, sorry. That's not how I'm introducing <laughs> the show anymore. You reverted to the old way. I like it, though. <laughs> I am... Well, okay. I am joined by, once again, uh, Derek Nickel. Derek, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I am well. I'm doing well. Doing well. Can't complain. Good. Good, good, good. Um, what are you up to? You're preparing for a trip, yes? Yes, I am. I'm I'm preparing to leave to go to Ireland for 12 days. So this is Excellent. why we're doing this special episode that will air while I'm out of town. Excellent. Um, yeah, so it'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We've had the tickets, like I was telling you, we've had the tickets for a couple of years, but because mm-hmm. of COVID, we haven't been able to go. So now we finally have the opportunity, and uh, it's going to be good. Nice. I am excited for you. Uh, it's going to be a great trip. Uh, make sure to eat some good food, drink some beer, oh. and send pictures. Oh, we'll do. Yeah, we've already got all that covered. That's pretty much <laughs> all we're going to do is eat good food and drink beer. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Um, cool. While, while you're gone, I'll be here just hanging uh, in the rain of Southern California. Just chilling? Yeah, just cold With your chilling. leaky roof? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I think we've gotten all of the leaks addressed. Oh, good. So I think we may be in the clear for that. Um, but yeah, planning on seeing a whole bunch of movies over the next couple weeks just to get caught up. There's like so many things I want to see. Oh my Plus gosh. We got stuff coming out this weekend. Oh, um, it's, it's crazy. Like, that's the one thing I'm sad. Like I, when I, when I come back, I'm going to have more homework to do because I won't be able to see anything <laughs> while I'm over there. So to like, I'll yeah. come back and be like, have like six movies I need to watch. <laughs> well, you do have a 10 hour flight, uh, there and back. <laughs> this is true, but they don't have new releases on the plane. That's true. So yeah. that's the problem. If it that's was new true. releases, I'd be set. Cause I have 10 mm-hmm. hours. I could knock that out. That wouldn't be a that would not be an issue. That's true. Um, well, maybe something will. Um, maybe something that is out right now might be available when you come back. Well, I will say this. So when I was traveling to New York recently, they had Wakanda Forever. Oh, okay. On on Delta, so that was, yeah. you know, so there's that. This is Aer Lingus, so I'm not sure what their entertainment options are going to be, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming they'll be fine. Yeah, I'm um, sure you'll have something to watch. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, cuz we got um uh we got uh well, let's let's not get into any of that cuz nah, nah, we've got something else we're going to talk to you about this episode. <laughs> yeah. So, we That's for a regular it- episode, not a special episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um so yeah, uh we figured uh if we if we're going to, you know, logistically on the podcast like we have to record sort of um uh backup episodes in case, you know, there's travel and stuff like that. And we decided to, uh, you came up with a great idea of theming it out. And the first run of these will be uh, reviews of the Fast and Furious franchise, which I'm stoked about. I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, And we're starting with the first one, obviously. Um, Matter of fact, let me pull up uh, the Wikipedia for it. Um, I just watched this movie again for the first time in a few years. It was great. Um, oh, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, and that's the review. Now. So, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Um, so, Derek, what's your history with, like, the Fast and the Furious franchise? Do you like these movies? Uh, and were you excited at the prospect of re-watching them? Uh, okay, so when they first came out back in 2001, I was mm-hmm. but a wee babe of teenager and thought mm-hmm. that, you know... I didn't really see the point to these movies back when I was a, a kid. I was like, mm-hmm. these are stupid, like, whatever, mm-hmm. it's a movie about street racing. Mm-hmm. I have since changed my tune, and now I love them. 
Yeah. Um, I was super excited to rewatch the first one just because it's been so long since yeah. I've seen it. Um, but it's, man, it was, what a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so I agree. Uh, so, well, I had a slightly different experience with these movies. So I, when this came out, I was in, I think I was in middle school. I must've been in sixth grade and it was, uh, an event this was one of the movies that was like an event that like me and all my friends like you had to go see fast and the oh, Furious yeah. when it came out okay. um so i went to the movie i loved this movie um as a kid um, oh for a sixth grader yeah this movie is like perfect <laughs> yeah i loved this i loved this movie um as a kid and i would i saw the second one um and then i didn't see tokyo drift um, and then my kind of like fascination with the franchise kind of like dwindled. Um, and then uh, recently as like as an adult, I've uh, after seeing the, what they've become, um, I have a much better, a much greater appreciation for what the first one is trying to do mm-hmm. um, uh, because uh, we'll get into it. But like th- this style of storytelling, I think, is such a holdout from generations past. And and I think movies like this are important, and we'll we'll get into why in a minute. But I love this movie. Uh, I think it's a it's a movie that, while at the at, on one hand, is very bogged down, uh, at least aesthetically, in 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 a very specific time period. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes. I think so much of what makes this movie enjoyable is like timeless kind of storytelling that makes it kind of a timeless movie. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited to talk about this. <laughs> I yeah dude this this movie that's the one thing that like I was super stoked about was just how of the time this movie is like yes, it is so stuck so. in 2001 mm-hmm. uh no totally it is uh it is just like uh yeah it, it is very 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 2001 um well let's uh I'll give a brief kind of like plot overview of the movie for the two uh, people then, on the planet that don't know what these movies yeah, are about. Yeah, for the two people who don't know anything about these movies. <laughs> uh, it's basically Point Break, uh, but with cars. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, what's his, Paul Walker is an undercover cop uh, who infiltrates a street racing gang that Brian is... Brian uh, O'Connor. Yeah, Brian O'Connor, <laughs> who's been... Um, uh, this gang has been uh, stealing... Uh, shipments of uh, DVD players from truckers <laughs> and uh, the police are trying to take them out and Brian is part of helping build that case and yeah and but also you know uh, falling in love with uh, a character and falling in love with the lifestyle and the family and all that good jazz along the way um, yeah so let's get into this movie <laughs> So, what were your first impressions upon returning to this movie for uh, the first time in a while? Like, what what was the first thing that struck you about it? Oh, just like I said, just how two thousand one it was. Like, it's yeah. a it's a t- it's a perfect time capsule of like L.A. street culture of that time, mm-hmm. and. Like I remember looking through like magazines back in the day when I was a kid when you'd find what when your parents would take you somewhere and they'd have like ma- random magazines and one of those would be like an automotive like tuner magazine mm-hmm. for like but, <coughs> excuse me um <coughs> excuse me 
um, for like body kits and like all that kind of stuff. And there's always some sort of like ad with a girl with like a super tiny skirt on on in it. And like it, you know, yeah. it, it took me back to it took me back to some some days of my youth where I was just like, and this makes me sound very old, but um, no, just when I was younger and like just the early two mm-hmm. thousands and like what was going on during that time and like the the mm-hmm. clothes and the music and mm-hmm. you know, cause I was, I think it was 17. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I was very much like aware of like mm-hmm. what was going on, but, um, but no, it was, I think the thing that I liked the most about it was that it was very much, and we'll get more into this, but it's very much like it is a, it is a time capsule, but it is also a, just a really hilarious, like, bromance movie mm-hmm. of like, hey, bro, I can't say I love you, but cars are pretty awesome, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, it's so good. Oh, it was great. The fashion, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was uh, the look of the movie. It, like, mm-hmm. has such a, and, and, and unfortunately, I feel like uh, this was uh i I mean we'll see as we rewatch the other ones but i feel like this visual style has been all but completely abandoned Mm -hmm. um from these movies i really like it dates the movie but i think it gives it a really cool look like uh it's uh it's shot on film which most of these are not anymore right uh and it look and like (laughs) The like the color the color grading in this is like that's what really I was gonna intense. bring up too. It took me to a that's what I that's a good I was okay that's what I was looking for too. The color grading in this like really took mm-hmm. me back to a time that you just don't see that style of movie anymore. It's mm-hmm. very Michael Bay, mm-hmm. you know, um, of the early to mid two thousands. Yeah, it's just like where it accentuates the blues and the yellows and the oranges, mm-hmm. and everything's really like yeah, yeah. It just it has such a a distinct like look to it that uh, doesn't like it because it, it's not quite doing like any one other director's style it like it kind of feels its own like the the la that they depict when it's like during the daytime you really feel like the heat of it mm-hmm. and like the 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 desert kind of quality to it mm-hmm. and then at night you it feels like very like dank and like wet and like <laughs> it just feels like uh i like the way the movie shot because it gives it gives uh the movie a like uh, i think a more interesting look than like if you just shot it like you know really flatly or like kind of right. like the way they're shot now they're just kind of like just shot like in generic movie setting number one or whatever yeah there's there's a specific like artistry to the way that this movie is shot that mm-hmm. it you don't see much anymore Mm-hmm. At least in not this, at least not in this kind of movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the Fast and the Furious, yeah, Fast and the Furious is kind of largely abandoned, like the stylistic, like artistic mm-hmm. um, filming, yeah, you know, filming style. Like, and now it's fairly yeah. generic, which is, I mean, whatever. They're still entertaining, but it was interesting to see how much of flair this one had. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like there, like the uh, the the visual style it, alone is almost selling these races because I mean the, the CGI is very limited because they don't. That it wasn't great at the time and it was super expensive. Mm-hmm. So like, there's not a ton of it. I mean, there is a ton of it, but there's not like be, like the way there is now, where you'll have like whole CG sequences that go on for several minutes. Like, there's none of that in this. It's more like a C, the CGI is used to kind of like marry two close-ups from car to car. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I think that really works for this. I you do know what too. I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It, and I like the fact that like you, you're 
your point about the CGI is good and interesting because it also they use it in such a limited like they use it, but it's in a limited capacity. Right. That's used effectively. Mm-hmm. But when the thing I appreciated the most out of this movie, like I do for movies that do this, is if they could do it practically, they had to. 100%, this is like yeah. right before the cusp of where everything could be CGI now. And like you can have these giant, like you're saying, multi minute long CGI action sequences of like, you know, eight cars on a bridge, you know, and like all this stuff. And like, yeah, it, it, it really. It limits the scope of what they could do, and I respected that they stayed inside of their lane, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. But, like, they stayed in their lane because they weren't trying to be anything more than they were. And, like, the craziest totally. CGI sequence that you have is, like, at the street race when Paul Walker is first racing Vin Diesel, and mm-hmm. then it shows – it goes into the inner workings of his car. Right. And it's, like, that, you know, that hard CGI – not good, but, yeah. like, you yeah. know – kind of goofy but like i appreciated what they were trying to do with it you know what i mean and it was like man if this this was and that's what i think i realized more than anything else was like this movie was limited because this was right before they had all of that ability to just cgi like entire sequences without blinking yeah i yeah i think some of the best uses of cgi in this movie like it's cool because all of the cgi choices they feel motivated it doesn't feel like let's just do it in cgi because we can it's all like uh, it it, because i think the point about this doing things practically is a great point because yeah they're they're using cgi not just for things they can't accomplish but they're using cgi they're saying what moments would CGI be best used in? Because mm-hmm. there are moments that they could have done in CGI that would have looked bad, but uh, but they decided to do them practically. Like they could, I'm sure they could have done a car accident in CGI, but um, like they chose to do those all practically, and I think that's a great choice. But the ele- the places where they do choose to use CGI a lot, where I where I specifically noticed it was in a lot of the like the street racing. They like they'll be on a close up in somebody's car, and then they'll like digitally like move the car, move the camera through the window to another mm-hmm. person's car, yeah. and I just think that's like such a great use of CGI because because the camera's moving, and because those nighttime races are already very like neon and vibrant and like colorful like when you do that transition from car to car and it becomes a little video gamey, it just feels like that's like the style choice as opposed to like right. a limitation of the tech. You know what I mean? Even if it was a healthy mixture of both. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, oh, I, I love so the, the, yeah, I think that uh, the director, I think is Rob Cohen. Rob Cohen. Name? Yeah. He did a great job in terms of like really establishing what these movies look and, and, and feel like. And I think the rest of the franchise Owes a great gratitude for for a, a debt of gratitude for. Um, it's okay. You just abbreviated it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, a great a, a great. I keep wanting to say a great a debt of gratitude uh, for establishing such a cool a cool but grounded look. Like it doesn't look. Yeah. It doesn't look as stagey as like a Michael Bay movie looks. You know no. what I mean? Like Michael Bay movies look like. At every shot just off camera, there's like a, a giant lights like trying to cast these like cool reflections in this movie. Like, yes, it's like a stylized color grading, but it's shot very like grounded and there's a lot of natural light and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like especially during the daytime stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the look of the movie. Um, what did you think about? Um, let me ask what you thought about the dialogue in this movie. Oh, clunky. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. It's really bad. Like, yeah. But like, it's really bad. 
but it's not like the worst of like 2001. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Like it's not the worst movie. It's just it. I think it's so focused on being like, check out how cool we are that it like kind of loses itself in that a little bit, you know? Yeah. Where it kind of like it it doesn't take the time to really do like the there's there's a lot of um, predictable lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, some very just kind of trite dialogue where it's like, okay, like that's just your standard like screenwriting 101 go to, mm-hmm. you know, and not in a bad way. I'm not dissing it. I'm just observations, right? Yeah, you, totally. You know? um, I so I think so. The, here's why this movie, I think, in my opinion, is like a true like masterpiece, and I say oh. that. N- no, no pun intended. I really think it's it's a phenomenal movie for what it's trying to be. Okay, um, yeah. it <coughs> excuse me compared to some of the other ones, and I think the newer ones have kind of lost sight of this a, a lot a bit, uh, especially mm-hmm. more recently. But so to me, yes, the dialogue is like very clunky, and like <laughs> there's like there's parts of this movie where like characters are literally like stating the plot trajectory yeah. of the movie like yeah. uh, there's a line i wrote down uh brian goes uh uh he's like if yeah if you win you get my pink slip he says but if i win i get the cash and the respect yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> calling out his character's arc basically which is yeah. like <laughs> no one would ever say that in real life like hey I, no. if i win i get the respect too the yeah. respect like yeah, it's because a concept. if someone goes if someone goes, I want the respect too. It's like all you're gonna start doing is making fun of them. Yeah, exactly. Like immediately. Like it's yeah. like, well, I'm not giving it to you because that's what you want. Like, like he might as well have said, like, if I win, I get the cash, and you stop being mean to me and accept me into a part of your group yeah. as an equal. Yes. <laughs> like, all right, dude. <laughs> um, so I thought that was very funny. That was funny. Um, but I think here's where I think why I think this movie works though with this dialogue and why some movies don't or are as not as successful a i think the casting of this movie specifically with the two leads with vin with vin diesel and paul walker is perfect Mm -hmm. um and also the way that these characters are treated uh in this movie in particular as opposed to other movies later um they're treated as cool, but like not self, in, like not self insistent cool. Like they're cool based, and we see evidence of why they're cool and like what makes them appealing. Whereas, like in later iterations of this movie, once it's like already established that everyone who associates with Vin Diesel in these movies is cool, there's like it, the movies just like start insisting upon themselves, like, yeah, look yeah. at these people are so cool, right? And it's like, well. No, not really. We don't. Why should we think they're cool? You know what I mean? Look at these cool people doing these cool things, and you're like, no. It's like cigarette ads. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, don't no. you want to smoke now, Chesterfield? Yeah. But I think in this movie, like, and so here's here's how the I'll connect the dots. Here's how that connects to the dialogue. I think the same thing that makes the dialogue ultimately work, even though it's like limited and like clunky at times, and simplistic. I think that it's the same the same reason why the two leads work because the movie the movie is about very very familiar like dramatic devices. I mean mm-hmm. this is like, you know, it's it's point break. It's the reason why point break always works. It's a very classic kind of like 
conflicted hero's journey thing where the guys get you know there's there's tons of movies about this where like the guy has to go and take down a bad guy who he learns is not so bad and uh and grows to respect him and then they start to love each other yeah (laughs) they both grow and blah, blah 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 right um so it's dealing in very simple like i think foundational stories that we tell as a species um and so most I think the instinct for Hollywood, especially in movies post The Matrix, the uh, the instinct is to, oh, well, let's take very simple ideas and, like, make the details on top of that as complicated as possible. Right. <laughs> and I think there is – and that's fine. That's fun. We love movies like that, too. I think Christopher Nolan is, like, the, the perfect example oh, yeah. of someone who does that. Yeah, he takes a, very, yeah. very foundational, simple ideas and makes, like, the clothes that they're wearing as convoluted and in, 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 impossible to decipher <laughs> as humanly possible. Um, what I think this movie does is goes in the opposite direction, and it says – you know, there's room for Interstellar, there's room for all these movies, but, like, we're gonna do the simpler route that, like, everyone can enjoy, even if they don't understand, you know, entropy or, like, dreamscapes or whatever, you right. know what I mean? Right, yeah. And, and I think there's, and I think it's reflected in the dialogue, I think there's a simplicity to the dialogue, but it's also kind of quaint, because mm-hmm. they don't, they're not in such a, uh, 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 they're they're not making such an effort to make these people the coolest people on the planet. I think they are just allowing them to be as cool as the situations dictate, and it feels like the movie's not talking down to you because of that. You know yeah. what I mean? In later movies, the movies kind of do talk down to you a little bit because they're like, <laughs> "Oh, you don't they, know they who expect- this guy is out of these yeah. eight movies." <laughs> and the things they expect you to believe at that point is just yes. like, "All right, you must think we're idiots." Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, you, you mean to tell me there's some international supervillain with a nuclear warhead and we're sending Dominic Toretto yeah. after him? And we're going to send Dominic Toretto and a bunch of street toughs to drive really fast and save the planet instead of sending the military? Okay. Yeah. All right. All um, right. Whatever. Yeah. In this movie, they're still human. And uh, there's there's like a simplicity with the way that they talk that I think works in their favor as characters. Yeah. And I will yeah. say this. I, I really appreciated this as the foundational episode mm-hmm. and the series that we're going to be exploring in this eventual series that they made is because like it made me it reminded me about what was appealing about these movies in the first place like they're not superheroes yet they're just normal people just trying to get by and race really fast and like mm-hmm. steal dvd players and like all that stuff early 2000s problems and it was nice to see that before they're going to space and like, you know what I mean? Like, and before it gets too, like before it gets all crazy and like they're jumping a car between the two tallest buildings in the world. And like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like before the wacky, like insane stuff happens, it was nice to see this as sort of like a, Oh yeah, this is where it came from. Yeah. And this is just a simple movie about a cop trying to infiltrate you know, a gang that's doing bad things, but they're really not bad people, you yeah. know. And he's also like, oh, Jordana Brewster, you're hot. And she's like, yes, I am. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's the um, whole movie. It's great. Yeah. I love it. It's and great. then there's also the bad guy from the Bond villain from Die Another Day in it as the leader of the Asian street racing gang. And he's great. Mm-hmm. Johnny Tran. Johnny Tran. Yes. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, it's, everyone's great. There's, there's a lot of... Uh, and I love that the team, like, the team is smaller than it is now. So mm-hmm. there's, like, you, you you get time to breathe with each character. 
and understand who they are, their motivations, why, and, and they all have satisfying sort of like payoffs and like you, you're invested in where their stories go. Right. Um, whereas in the later movies, it's like, oh, there's so many people to keep track of. Oh my gosh, right. When it's like 13 people and they're all they're all part of the heist, and it's like you could easily narrow this down by like half. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about some of our like favorite sequences, and then we can talk mm-hmm. about some things that we didn't like as much. Sure. Um, uh, I, I can start. I think one of my favorite sequences is, and this, or it, it was, it was always one of my favorite sequences as a kid. But I mm-hmm. thought it was cool how um, uh, after after the initial uh, after the first street race that uh, Brian comes to, and uh, Vin Diesel beats him. Uh, I love that Vin Diesel like. So he didn't earn the respect. He didn't earn the respect. Uh. Uh, not yet. Um, I always thought it was really cool how like like I wanted more the the reason why the sequels kind of bummed me out is because I wanted more world building around the street racing, but they mm-hmm. chose to go the other direction and yes. build out the more of the like the the law enforcement side of it. Right. Because uh, I loved the idea of like Dom has like this garage that he rents and like when he he like stashes his car there at the end and then just like is walking down the street. I, th- I always thought that was like a baller move. Like I've always like w- like wanted to be in a scenario where I did that. Like someone's chasing me in a car. Where you and dumped I, a car and then you stretch yeah. it out on the street. Like switch exactly. your jacket inside out and like exactly. Yeah, dude, shave your head real quick. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I always thought that was cool. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. What, what's the well, it's just fun. Was... It's just fun, slick heist stuff. You know, yeah. it's like, oh yes. yeah, like that's cool. You know. Yeah. Um, I love, I love the first street, the f- the entire scene for the first street race that Brian that's shows great. up for. Yeah. It's so good. The way everybody rolls in, you've got all the cars with like the ground lighting effects and like the street systems, and there's people that don't even have hoods on just to yeah. show off their like engines. It's like, yes, man, like that's super cool. You know, and there's just yeah. people milling about at like the car show beforehand, and then they finally do the race and it's like they're blocking stuff off yeah mm-hmm. i thought it was really cool mm-hmm. it, i i love that sequence it's so much fun um and just because i like the culture it's just fun being involved in that culture and i think mm-hmm. i agree with you that i would have liked to see more of the sequels go more into that into the culture mm-hmm. of street racing as opposed to we're saving the planet so what do you uh what do you think about vin diesel in this movie i like him yeah I like him a lot. Great, he's great in this movie. Fun fact, because I have some facts that I looked up about the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh Fun fact about this one: Do you know who they originally wanted to play Dominic Toretto? No, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, that would have been interesting in a totally different movie. Way different movie. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I like. I think. Like I could. I could imagine a lot of people in that role. um, But I think Vin Diesel especially at that time, brings something really uh, cool to the role because he's mm-hmm. kind of... What had he done before this? Did he do Pitch Black before this? Let me look. I think he did Pitch Black before this. I, he did. He did save... He was in... Um, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. And I think he did. He had done Pitch Black right I'm before looking it this. Up. I'm looking it up right now. Um, do, do, do. Where's all filmography? Yes, I know he's known for the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> Did you know he was in the Fast and the Furious movies? Did you know this? <laughs> um, where is it? Here we go. Not. Oh, I don't want producer. I want actor. Here we go. Do, 
2001. Okay. Um, he had done Pitch Black the year before. Got it. He had done... He was in Boiler Room. He'd done Iron Giant in 99. Okay. Saving Private Ryan in 98. Okay. And then the, before that were the... Um, looks like Strays was the first real big one that he was in in 97. Okay. And then before that, it's like music videos and shorts and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, Pitch Black was what put him on the map, and then they cast him in The Fast and the Furious. Gotcha. Yeah, like, I think he really works for the role because, like, at least for me, like, I feel like with him as an actor, especially then, there was, I feel like there was, like, mystery surrounding this guy, like, because... He he hadn't he hadn't at this point played anything that he's like super like recognizable for because in Pitch Black he's basically like the Terminator he's basically like a you know a a soulless kind of like killing machine mm-hmm. guy yeah <laughs> um, well he's just a hard ass yeah he's <laughs> a hard ass and even more so he's wearing sunglasses the entire time yeah. um in this like and I think that that sort of mystique. Um, as an actor, I think does a lot for this role because it, it adds to the layer of like, who is Dom Toretto? Why is everybody afraid of this guy? Like, what 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 makes him tick? I think that that having that quantity about him really sells like uh, the intimidation factor, yeah. and like he seems like a much bigger figure in the movie than like he he is physically or anything like that. Right. You know what I mean? Because um, he's not that much bigger than Paul Walker. I think Paul no, Walker's probably taller than him. I think Paul Walker <laughs> is taller than him. Vin Diesel's not that tall, if I believe no. correctly. I think he's like six up. feet tall or something. Maybe. Well, that's that's taller than I thought. I think maybe 5'11", maybe. Uh, 5'11". Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I didn't think he was a Tom Cruise, but like... No, he's definitely not Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise is very, very short, apparently. Um I'm also, Danny, right Danny DeVito too. is very short. Well, um, yeah. Danny DeVito is charming, though. Tom Cruise is a weirdo, but I like yeah. his movies. 5'7". Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise is 5'7"? Tom Cruise is 5'7". That is so short, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. You know the leader of Scientology, David Miscavige, is even shorter than that. He really? makes Tom Cruise look tall. Yeah. I'm looking it up. We're just getting into people's heights today. We're getting into Scientology heights. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. That's. I will not go any deeper than this. Otherwise, I just will talk about it for the next like hour. But yeah, five three. Wow, what a short man. The leader of Scientology is an angry five foot three man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the only man who looks up to Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I I love Vin Diesel in this movie. I oh, think he's, he's so great. Good. He's effortlessly great. I think the movie doesn't is <coughs> excuse me. The movie's not trying too hard to like make him cooler than he is. They're just kind of letting him be mysterious, which I really like. But that's the um, strength, think- though. It's because the try mm-hmm. it doesn't try to make him cool. Yeah. He just comes off as like cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's mm-hmm. like this like you're saying, there's this air of mystery about him, and like he has a presence on screen. Like mm-hmm. when he shows up and breaks up that fight, I'm like, oh, here comes Dom. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? And it's 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 even independent of like having seen all the other movies. It's like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, like there is this this character. There's a weight to him. Like there's a gravi- the gravity to him. You know, the way he treats Vince, who is my favorite character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at least my favorite like secondary plot character, mm-hmm. just because his fashion is wild. Mesh tank tops <laughs> on top of camo tank tops. <laughs> yeah, he dresses. Wild in this He's movie. He's great. He comes yeah. back in Fast Five, if I believe correctly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? 
uh, what do you, okay, let's, let's shift to uh, Paul Walker. What do you think about Paul Walker in this movie? I like Paul Walker. Mm -hmm. He's got that like effort. Every white man in the like early two thousands, like West coast vibe, you know, with like the surfer hair and like the converse. And it's like, yeah, man, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a cop. And it's just like, yeah, you are buddy. Yeah. I, I think he's great in this. I think he's, um, he's not doing like a Keanu Reeves impression. Like no. he, he could have very easily just done. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, he's playing the role very, very earnestly. Yeah. Um, and more earnestly than these movies probably. And that's that. Well, that's another thing about these movies in general. I think it, with Vin Diesel's performance and, and everyone's performance in these movies, like they're taking it very seriously. Like they're yeah. acting and I feel like they're giving their all. No one's just like, lollygagging the way I feel like some people are in the later movies. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'm not going to point, I'm not going to name names, but there are a few people on the cast now that I'm like, oh, you're just showing up for the paycheck. Like, you're not trying. But yeah, I I agree that there is an an earnestness to their performances in this Mm -hmm. movie that I absolutely enjoyed, where I'm like, oh yeah, this is when you were young and hungry. Like, when you're, like, before you got comfortable, like, when you were, like, really, like, let me show what I can do. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, especially Paul Walker, because, like, yes. he's obviously here to be, like, the young, handsome hero. Like, that's what he's here to mm-hmm. be. But, like, he he both is acting and the movie is treating him, like, not just, like, uh, he's the handsome guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. they're treating it like, you know, he's really conflicted. They, like, give him moments to, like, really be conflicted and think about the choices that he's making and weighing the pros and cons and, like, really, like, dealing with stuff. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like... I don't think he has like one shirtless scene, which is like, <laughs> which is like, you know what I mean? Like for the time, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, at the time for the heartthrob to not have like a shirtless scene where he at least changes his shirt real quick. It's like, oh, OK, bold choice. Yeah. No, it's just like, yeah, I and uh, I feel like the yeah, I feel like this movie in the hands of a lesser director. Now, I'm not going to say this movie is wholly without um, problematic elements because oh. of, it was the time. So, of course. Yes, we're not like it doesn't get a full like pass from me, but it's, I mean, yeah, like the the you know the other f word is dropped like within the first oh, two minutes of the movie, dude. That <laughs> jarred me so bad. I was yeah, like, I, is this, I was like, did I just scoot over? Is this movie like just weirdly homophobic? Yeah, I saw the the subtitle come up as he was delivering the line, and I was like, oh, that's where this is headed. <laughs> oh, dude, same thing. Let's the reason oh, why I comes. like Vince is because Vince is just this weird character that like doesn't really fit in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you could have like, yeah. you could have done you could have dumped Vince and accomplished the same thing, like blend Vince and Leon together, and mm-hmm. then then you could have like had the whole thing. It would have been that's fun. true. Yeah, I feel like there. Yeah, there was probably one too many members of their crew. Than the script probably mm-hmm. needed, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 that that was crazy. So it's dude, not, yeah, I, that you know, other f word drop. I was like, what the f-? like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then yeah, and then you know some of the the uh, there's a lot of like the camera just gazing at women's bodies, which is yeah, not oh great. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing that I was like, okay, now don't get me wrong. As a teenager, I was like, awesome. Yeah. As an adult, I'm like, yeah, this is this is this is not good. Yeah, there's a lot of that. It's um, problematic. Like the way the camera 
slowly rises up on like these <laughs> mini skirts and like just bikini yeah, it tops, and it's like check times. out these hot chicks, and you're like, yeah, but at the same time, this movie's good enough to stand on its own merit without that. So mm-hmm. it's weirdly, it's like I get that that's a part of street racing culture, but it mm-hmm. was weirdly like. It didn't quite fit. It felt like an executive note where it's like, we got to have hot chicks in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, you do. You have Jordana Brewster. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And Michelle Rodriguez. And Michelle Rodriguez. I'm you. so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no. She looked great in this movie. They both She did. looked awesome. Especially with her, like, that, the, um, that one outfit she had on, which was like the spaghetti strap top with the braids. Her hair is like the two braids mm-hmm. with like the pieces of bangs that came down and framed her face. And then had the, the super ovular sunglasses that she put on the bridge of her nose. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, the early 2000s, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So what did you think about all the police stuff in this? Like the, the, the sort of the police case Oh, the uh, turn in your badge, O'Connor. You're out of control. <laughs> yeah. It felt, it felt rote. You yeah. know, like yeah, it was totally. just kind of like it was just kind of like generic, like in like I'm pretty sure they wrote the entire screenplay. And then for those parts, it was just, just insert generic cop speak. Yeah. You know, like it, it was very it was very just of the. Yeah, there's the uh, one, you know what I mean? It's pretty guy who's dry. like a hard ass for no reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? The FBI you guy have who's this just case solved in 36 hours yeah, yeah. because reasons. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the FBI liaison. Oh, is the, the FBI liaison? There, you, you really, if you're not paying attention to it, you miss it. They really fold in the relationships between the people. Gotcha. But like, they're so all the, just cops. They're all know? just cops, yeah, basically. <laughs> but like the black guy that's a dick for no reason to, uh-huh. to, uh, to Paul Walker, he's uh-huh. supposed to be like the FBI liaison. Oh, and so okay. that's why I think in the later episodes, the FBI is like, do you want to become a part of us? Yeah. You know, it's because of that little link right there. So you've got the sergeant, which is the police sergeant, that's his, his buddy, the older guy that's okay. like smoking all the time yeah and then you got the other guy that's just like a you gotta solve this in 36 hours you're out on your ass and you're like why <laughs> what why is there a time dude limit? it takes a while to build an overco- <laughs> yeah. undercover sting i'm just saying yeah exactly <laughs> connor um, you got the weekend yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go play golf <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah the, the 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 cop stuff felt very like yeah very rote very insert uh, cop here like yeah exactly just um, it felt lifted from uh, like it felt like each line was lifted from like another cop like TV show or like mm-hmm. movie or whatever where they were just like oh that's good we'll just get a bunch of random sentences and string them together and it'll all make sense at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I thought there was a really good balance of like because the the two main storylines we care about is the sort of is Dom gonna accept. Um, uh, uh, Brian as like one of his own into the family, like the, the racing stuff basically. And then the other one is like, are the police or like the mystery of who's stealing the DVD players and like, and obviously it's inevitably going to be Dom and his crew because you know dramatically it has to be. It has to be. Um, because you know it's all about Brian need to make that choice. I think the movie balanced both of those things really well. I liked that like. We only see two heists in the movie, basically. We see mm-hmm. the first one that, like, gives us, you know, precedent for what we're dealing with. And then you see the one uh, at the end that Bri- that is foiled, basically. I like that it wasn't like Brian wasn't brought into the family in the first 20 minutes and then he has to go on a bunch of different heists with them. Like, I like right. that it was like... It, I think they showed a lot of restraint in that way with the storytelling. And it is much more about, like, him... 
earning, like him proving himself in his character outside of all of that stuff. Um, I thought that it was like a good balance. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they could have just gone completely the other way and just made it like a crime movie. But I thought they, I liked that it was like, no, this is a racing movie still too. You know what I mean? Well, the reason why it was mostly a racing movie is because it's based off of a magazine article called Racer X mm, that was written that. about a Dominican street racer. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was, uh, it was originally going to be called Red Line. Or Street Wars, or Race Wars, or Racer X. <laughs> Race Wars. I know, right? Um, <laughs> no so one was good. like, hey, that's, uh, you know, those... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Race Wars. Let's name it that. <laughs> you know, those riots in uh, in L.A. were just like six years ago. Maybe we don't call it Race Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Um, no, it was from a 1998 article uh, in Vibe entitled Racer X about a Dominican street racer, Rafael Estevez, who started drag racing. So that's why the racing element is there. And mm-hmm. then I think to spice it up, they were like, and then they can rob people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, to me, this definitely smells of like they had like a point break style script just laying around like mm-hmm. some kind of just like generic cop drama. And they were like, hmm. Oh, this is an interesting article about street racing. I wonder if we can put that in that that Point Break style movie that we're thinking of doing. Yeah, let's take doing. that element, plug it into yeah. that, and then that That's should work. It, yeah, it feels like a, stu- a, a studio movie. You know what I mean? It feels oh yeah, like, very much so. Yeah, but, it, but hey, yeah. it worked. I don't, I was gonna say we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Twenty years later, I know. Um, still talking crazy. about it. Yeah. Um. um what no. else? Well, how do you feel about the side characters? The rest of Dom's team. Ah, uh, take him or leave him. Yeah. You know, they're all kind of like cannon fodder. I mean, outside of Letty, it's like, why are the rest of you here? Yeah, totally. You know? Well, you need the skinny guy to be like the uh, the, the the nerd of the team, you know? <laughs> well, you also need him to, you also need someone to mess up, which is, you know, with, with Tran at yeah. the race wars. You yeah, know what you I mean? need so someone you need... in this movie to die. So like, you right. Know, you need, and you he's know. the one that makes sense because he's the nerd. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's also the tech guy. Yeah, and he's really... the most tragic figure of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it well, makes his, sense. Yeah, his dad's in jail. Yeah. And yeah. And he so has like, autism. Yeah. I, it's so funny. It's so clear that he's dead meat. Like when he has his oh, first yeah. scene with uh, um, alone with Brian and he's like telling him about like why he's not in MIT and shit like that. It's like, oh, you're going to die, dude. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's the most pathetic, like, oh, well, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to be in MIT, but my brain don't work is basically what he said. You know, My, my, my brain don't. He may as well had a stutter. Like, yeah, exactly. They were really trying to play that tragic character up. And it's yeah. like, and that's that kind of character that like comes from those 90s movies, like the mm-hmm. mid-90s, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we got to have the tragic character that like when he dies, you'll be like, oh. Yeah, but it's like, but they don't take time to really invest in him anyway, and like he's also not appealing as a character. It's just yeah. kind of like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah, there's nothing really charming about him. No, he doesn't there's really nothing endearing about him. He's just there. He's yeah. also not like his style. The, the way they dress him in the movie is also a little weird too. So you're just like, okay, so you're the weird, odd kid in the group. A- and another thing <laughs> that I noticed about this movie too that is distinct from the other ones because I think this changes in, in, in Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm-hmm. But there aren't many jokes in this movie. There's almost no, no jokes. No. Um, the movie is very serious in that way, which is like completely opposite to the way they are now. Like they're they're almost action comedies now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and I think that does change in Too Fast, Too Furious because it was a different director. They went a different direction and brought in Tyrese and it became a kind of action comedy. And I think that was in response to Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. Yeah, um, probably. But, I mean, we'll get to that movie. But, yeah, in this movie, like, there's no jokes, which it, it was kind of striking to me at first. I'm like, oh, this is kind of a It's a very a serious movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, and I think that's one of the reasons, one of the things I didn't like about it mm-hmm. was it takes itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Too you know, fast, at, too seriously? Too fast, too seriously at, at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, at certain times it's a little, like, Oh, this is a serious movie. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) You forget yourself, movie. Yeah. Do you, are you watching the same movie that I am, movie? Yeah. Totally. No, totally. I definitely could have used some jokes um, in this. If you're going to have Vin Diesel's melodrama, if you're going to have Vin Diesel's melodrama all over the, all over the screen, you got to have some jokes to offset it. Yeah, and e- even like the the guy who plays Hector Noel G, he's like a funny comedic actor, but they don't allow him to be funny in this at all. It's just like all very serious, um, which is a surprise uh, given like I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot of opportunity for jokes and stuff here, but no one seems to be taking them. <laughs> no, no, no one. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else we got. What other character? Uh, Jordana Brewster. How'd you feel about her in this? I've had a crush on Georgiana Brewster since I was like 17 years old. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, um, I think she did a great job. Uh-huh. Um, she plays the character really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's not a lot for her to do, but I mm-hmm. think she finds what she can and does it well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think she works well. She and uh, she and Paul Walker play well off each other. Mm-hmm. Which I think really benefits the whole movie, just because if they had zero chemistry, it's like dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Uh, but they've got chemistry, and I'm and I'm like, all right, cool. Like I could, they're to me, they're a believable couple to me. Like yeah. from what I've seen in the movies, I'm like, I I believe that you two are together. Like it's mm-hmm. not out of the realm of like, there's certain couples together when AJ and I are watching TV, and she'll just be like, I don't buy that they're a couple, and I'm like, yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. Um, but yeah. I cool. thought she was great. What'd you What'd you think? I think she's great. Um, I think she plays it. Um, what's interesting is she's the one character, uh, like the one female character. I feel like in the movie who's not sexualized at all. No, which I thought is an interesting choice for like the love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she she's actually like given in in the scenes that she is given, like she get she is doing a lot of emotional, I think, heavy lifting for this for the for certain parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I thought she got a cool opportunity. Like um, she's treated better as a love interest. She's treated better than a lot of other movies would have treated her at this time. Yes. Oh my uh, gosh. Yes. They would have put her in a bikini as soon as possible and been like, "We got to get her as naked as possible so people can see the sex." And it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah, eh. yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's treated more as like you know she's treated kind of in like a position of power over uh, Paul Walker in the sense that like she she just as much as anybody is in control of his fate with Dom um mm-hmm. and she knows that mm-hmm. and she kind of has agency in that way which i thought was really cool um yeah, yeah she does she, she yeah. does have a little bit more agency than most like i was surprised how much like agency she and Michelle Rodriguez had like in a movie that's about street racing cars and typically leans towards like a male you know like skewed view like they had a lot to do and they were clearly like independent of everything like at the party when um, after uh, Brian saves Dom's life and, you know, they're running from the cops or whatever, and he's like, yeah, get in my car. We're going to drive away real fast. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, they go back to the house and Dom is looking at Vince and Leon and he's like, where were you guys? And they were, they're like, oh, sorry, man. And then he just goes. And so anyway, so long story short, he and Brian are talking and then Letty comes up and she's just like, let's go upstairs. Like, you need to give me a massage. And so it's almost like this, like, I'm not asking, I'm telling you what's going to happen. And I thought that mm-hmm. that was a really, in- like what you're saying, it was really interesting that they gave her that kind of power over the main, over one of the main characters to where mm-hmm. like he, you could clearly tell like she kind of has him by the balls a little bit, mm-hmm. which I was like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. I did not remember from when I watched it previously. Oh, I, oh, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I think their dynamic is cool. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know why, but I remembered Michelle Rodriguez being in this movie a lot more. She's not I uh, did in it too. a whole lot. Um, yeah, maybe we saw a different cut yeah, maybe. back in the day where there was just um, a lot more of her. <clears throat> yeah, they're, or they're all just, the movies are just kind of blending together. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be true too. There's enough um, of them. Yeah, no, I, I like this movie, man. I thought it was really good, really solidly put together. Um, I liked, um, I I liked that. I liked that there was no real like villain in the movie who was just like evil for evil's sake because the movie right. needs a villain. It like all of the the quote unquote like villains or like the opposition they come against is kind of results like directly resulted by their actions, mm-hmm. which I thought is like really powerful. Like uh, you know, it, it, it's much more satisfying than like, oh, here's a new guy and he's evil and wants to take out your gang for no reason. Um, which is what they are now. Which is exactly <laughs> what they are now. <laughs> Charlize uh, Theron wants to kill you for. Some reason or other. Yeah, exactly. Here's your brother, John Cena. He wants to kill you for some reason. <laughs> I don't buy that for a minute, and we'll get to there down the road. Yeah, but I, that's yes, a relationship I'm like, I do not buy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, so we get the um, – are you good to jump to the, uh, the the sort of final set piece thing? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. So we get basically a bot. The final set piece is a botched heist on a truck where a trucker now has a shotgun. And um, basically, uh, it's they're down a man because Jesse's running away with his car, his dad's car. And so they're down a man and the, the heist goes badly. And um, Vince is shot. And after a very cool sequence of him hanging on the front of this truck, which looked very dangerous. With his arm all wrapped up in a cable and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Um, yeah, basically, uh, uh, one by one, they kind of eat it like into the, you know, they crash or whatever. And then, uh, Brian shows up, uh, after having revealed that he's a cop to Jordana Brewster. Um, he shows up to basically help save everyone. He saves the day. Um, he has to reveal that he's a cop in order to save Vince's life, which leaves Dom very conflicted. Um, uh, so he reveals my favorite was was mm-hmm. Vin Diesel in that moment. His reaction, face reaction, was just that like oh, perfect. Bro. That was a great scene. That, no. was, a, that was a great scene. <laughs> it was like oh, mm-hmm. and it's it's great because like I, like it's we already got the emotional review. Like, damn man, I don't know who wrote this movie. I didn't look up the writers, but they they did a good job because uh, every- Gary Scott Thompson was the screen story and screenplay, and then Eric okay. Bergquist was the screenplay. Okay, they did a great job of like no one does anything. None of our heroes do anything important in this movie without cause or motivation. Yes, uh, and I love that Paul Walker only reveals he's a cop, a cop when like he needs to. Like he didn't do any like 
unmotivated like soliloquies about the nature of making choices and all that, which is what would happen <laughs> in these movies now. Yes. <laughs> he uh he like he the only the first time he tells Jordana Brewster he's doing so because he knows that it's past the point of no return. And like if he doesn't get people if he doesn't get someone to help him then people will die. And so he's right. like, well, I need her to know that I'm a cop because I need this. I need help going into this next situation. And then again, he doesn't do some long soliloquy to Dom about the nature of family and blah, blah, blah. He's just like, I need to reveal that I'm a cop or I'm, this guy's going to die. Yeah. Um, and I liked that because it, it feel it feels real. It doesn't, you know, like if you're really keeping a secret from somebody, you don't just tell them just because, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hey, guess what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I liked it. I liked that. Um, I liked that. So that he ends mm-hmm. up calling in a medivac for um, Vince, and Vince is uh, taken off. Um, and then basically, Dom and um, and uh, Brian, uh, or Brian gives chase to Dom, um, and they meet at a at a stoplight or whatever. And uh, Dom says to him, you know. I live my life. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Blah blah blah. That that whole vibe. And he's like, basically, he's like, uh, when this turns green, he's like, there's a quarter. There's a uh, railroad crossing a quarter mile up the street. When the, I'm going for it, uh, when this goes on green, basically like saying like, race me for my freedom, essentially. Uh huh. Um, and basically, what he's saying is, if you can't catch me, then you don't deserve to catch me, essentially. Yeah, basically. Um, and so. Uh, they race to the railroad crossing in a really cool sequence where they just miss the train, which yep. is great. Um, and then Dom crashes his car because it like the engine starts to overheat and all that kind well, of don't stuff. Don't forget, he also pops a wheelie because there's so much power behind it. Yep. Um, so his car starts to fall apart. He crashes. Um, and then basically Brian gives him the keys to his car and is like, you know, basically like, you got a head start or whatever. Um, you've earned that much, I guess. Um, yeah, and it's a uh, uh, and you know leaves the door open for what would become a multi billion dollar franchise. So, <laughs> but at the time, who knew? Yeah, who knew? Um, so, what do you what do you think about the way it ended? I like the way it ended. I like the way they leave it open, even if nothing else came from it. It's such a nice poetic ending, you know, to mm-hmm. be like, you know, I respect you, bro. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it's I make fun of it, but it's it's good. Like, it's just it's a solid ending, and it it stays true to the characters, you know? Because at mm-hmm. that point, like, I don't think Brian is interested in arresting Dom. You know, mm-hmm. obviously he's not because he gives him the key to his car. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, even if he did, even if, like, even if they twisted at the ending and they still had him arrest him, I don't think I'd like that. I think I would kind of be like, that doesn't track mm-hmm. for me, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I like it. How, what no. do you think? I agree. Um, I totally agree. Um, I feel like, it's uh, it's a great decision. I feel like it's a good decision. It may be unrealistic because mm-hmm. it's, the life is not a movie, but I, I right. think it's a good de- decision for uh, Paul Walker's character to let Vin Diesel go um, because you know the fact of the matter is uh, <clears throat> they uh, whatever uh, whatever um, what was I gonna say. Um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Well, that's not great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. So when um, your thoughts were drag were drag racing down that quarter mile strip, you got hit by the train. 
Yes, my thoughts got hit by the train and they're uh, in a billion pieces all over the railroad tracks. Um, yeah, no, I loved the ending. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was a satisfying ending. I thought the moments were all acted well. I, I thought it was great. I, I love this movie. Uh, I think it's yeah. it's very breezy. Like the, the pacing is very good. Like oh, yeah. you're in, you're out. Um, oh yeah, it doesn't linger. I was surprised with how well paced it was. I thought it was going to be like taking too long to like show the cars or women or like whatever. But mm-hmm. it was nice that it was just like kind of like it keeps it keeps you moving, man. It's just like hey, mm-hmm. we got a story to tell and we're going to tell it, and mm-hmm. you know we're not gonna we're not gonna waste your time. It's like okay, cool, yeah. I like this. No, I agree. Um, I think it, yeah, it, it's it's an infinitely rewatchable movie in my opinion. I think it's it's, it's just great. Um, oh, it's going into my rotation for things I put on while I clean now. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, what did you... Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have anything else before we close <sighs> the shop think, up? Did I have anything else? No, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would rewatching it. Um, yeah. It's just a solid... One thing I will it, say I noticed... Yeah. I, oh, sorry. One thing. Oh, no, uh, one thing ahead. I will say I noticed is there's um there's a lot less emphasis on like the cars themselves. Like there's a lot of emphasis on like right. on like engine parts and that kind of jargon. But like there's not a whole lot of like it's the movie's not about the cars at all. You know what I mean? Which right. I, <laughs> which I think it kind of becomes a little bit more so in later movies. It like does. this is it's all more so about like we know they're the best drivers. We know they're the best drivers from the beginning. It's not really about that. Um it's more so about these people's like personal interactions with each other than it is like oh man, like a, a pure race racing drama, you know what I mean? Right. Um right. but I don't know. I, I think the cars were like kind of less important because it's very much also about like specifically tuners. Like it's mm-hmm. not like I mean, Dom's muscle car makes a debut at the end. But like the movie is about like it's specifically about like tuner culture and like right. upgrading your engines on like stock cars. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah. And yeah, that's I, interesting. You know, and your point is well made. I mean, later in the series, the cars do take more of a character like role, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like especially Dom's car. You know, where it's like, oh, it's Dominic Toretto's car. And it's like, it's going to be badass. You know what yeah. I mean? As opposed mm-hmm. to this one, he just drives tuners. Yeah. You know? He's afraid yeah, of the big muscle car. Totally. Until, and I feel like they almost the totally abandoned tuners in the later movies. Like, yeah. I feel like well, they all, too fast, they, they too all switch to muscle cars. <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious, for sure, is uh-huh. about tuner culture. Tokyo yeah. Drift's about drifting. So you got the drift cars yeah. in there. And then after that, I think that's when it becomes, check out it's these character cars. cars. All these all muscle cars. Like the most powerful yeah, things basically. on the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know I like this movie. I, I really don't have much else to say about it unless you do. I don't either. It's just a solid movie. Yeah, it is. All right, um, good soundtrack too. Some good songs. Oh, that's of, oh, that's the, the other thing I was going to say. The music took me back, uh-huh. man. It was Ja Rule at the end. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. there were some great. ludicrous songs in there. Some yep, foreshadowing Luda. to the next, so, yep. you know, the next movie. Um, Super good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, enjoy the enjoy your trip to uh, to Ireland. Thank you. Thank you. I will. Yeah, It'll will, be fun. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do this again when you get back. We'll do a recap. All right, dude. Well, people can find you online. Find me online. All right. You can find episodes in this po- of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular. You can find me at Asan the DJ on social media. Uh, Derek, thanks again for joining me, and we will catch y'all next week. Mm-hmm.